I'd like to start this episode of As the Actress Said to the Critic with me, the critic, Sarah Crompton. And with me, the actress, Nancy Carroll. By saying sorry to the actress, Nancy (laughs) Carroll, because I did a terrible spot of gaslighting of her in the last um, uh, episode. Because I claimed that the musical Caroline or Change had only been seen in Britain in one production directed by Michael Longhurst. Whereas, in fact, Nancy was absolutely (laughs) correct when she said she'd seen it at the National Theatre. Because it was at the National Theatre. But I'm so rubbish and and just submissive in those (laughs) ways. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Oh, Capitaine. Well, I'm just going to grovel. Your production was um, uh, directed by Marianne Elliott. Yes. Mine was directed by Michael Longhurst. Mine starred Sharon D. Clarke, who was amazing. I also remember that in the week intervening. Um, but there you go. When did I see it? Oh, I don't a know. A long time ago. Yes. I remember uh, it vividly. It was one of her earlier productions. Yeah, so yeah. yes, it would have been because she's gone on to such, I think it predates War Horse and things. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think it really Blimey. is a long time ago. Yeah. So there you go. I grovel. Groveling no, 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 apologies. No. Unnecessary. It's fine. So but what I really want to talk about in this episode is I want you to tell me the first time that you met... Johnny Lee Miller. I want to hear the oh story of your meeting with Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a reason for this question. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I first met Johnny Lee Miller, which he will have absolutely no recollection of. And we went to see the play with him in, uh, and he asked me to move my bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I smiled at him, and I thought, he won't have any idea who I am. But the I and met, he didn't. He didn't, absolutely <laughs> didn't. I met him years and years and years ago because he was in the National Youth Music Theatre with Jude Law, who I was at school with. And right. we had gone to see Jude in a show and um, he was his great mate from that time. And, and we stood outside a theatre in London. I can't even remember what they'd been in. Um, something amazing. Uh, but the but and I just thought he was literally the yummiest human being I'd ever cared to set eyes on, and I think I literally melted. But I was completely invisible to him, as I was when I saw him in the show <laughs> the other evening. But he was utterly beautiful and 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 sort of so cool. I think He's I said so cool, isn't he? I yeah. mean, I think I think that's the really interesting thing about him that he I, I he hasn't done much work on the London stage. When you look it up, no. I mean, he's been he did fests. I think at the Almeida he did Frankenstein at the National Theatre and he did um, Jamie Graham's Ink on Broadway but he hasn't done that much and yet his his arrival on you know on stage he is super cool you just kind of think gosh this is a cool actor yeah he's Um, very um, I think he's made really interesting choices and I mean I'm you know I met him when I was what 15 so what's 35 years ago that you know and he sort of had came and went from you know from my sort of first what's the word echelons of of cultural yeah thing um and but whenever he did appear he always seemed to be doing really interesting stuff i mean yeah. um and the, the films and stuff he's has done over the years but then also playing john major in the crown it was such yes. a brilliant performance yeah. and i think he's you know he's proper yeah. and uh and i mean everybody in that show that yeah. i imagine we're so, about to talk so again about was he's brilliant. made a really interesting choice yeah. so he's in a play called the, uh, 
Amira, Amira, um, at the um, Almeida, which is by Sam Holcroft. And uh, which is, I think, one of the most intriguing plays I've seen for a really, really long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was inspired by what she called a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> there was a little bit. It was out on YouTube. I think the Al- Almeida put it out when they first started rehearsing the show. That it was Jeremy Heron in, in conversation with the playwright, and and um, very sweetly he said that you know that they he read the play, and she said that it was inspired by this holiday to North Korea. And he was immediately intrigued by anybody who suggested that you could have a holiday in North Korea yeah. and immediately wanted to work with her on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeremy Hearn, friend of the pod. Yeah. Refer you to an earlier episode. Yeah. You can go back and hear him talking. But he's directed it. Yeah. Um, Sam Holcroft has written it. And it's, got, it's really, really hard to talk about because part of its um, brilliance is that it's like a series. It's like a Hall of Mirrors. That's what I said in my yeah. review, that it's, it's, it's a series of boxes of plays within plays. And, yeah. and it's about artifice and reality. You never quite know where you are. But it, it starts, it's clearly about um, a repressive regime where you can't write without having a license you can't stage drama without yeah censorship a censorship so it's about censorship and it starts that you're you will go along to a wedding and you i absolutely was up for that you know i was ready to be an audience participate an audience participant in a wedding i was totally there yeah and then really quickly so it doesn't give anything away that is swept away yes and they start to put on a play yeah um, and I would have thought it was a gift for actors. I was interested what you thought that it's again incredibly strong cast, um, w- led by Johnny Lee Miller, but with Jeffrey Streetfield and and Tanya Reynolds, who's so brilliant in Sex Education. Yeah, Michael Ward making his stage debut. Oh my lord, amazing! Yes, but I was interested from your point of view as an actor because it is all these layers. It yeah. must be a gift for actors. I mean, they are brilliant. Um, but is it a gift or is that really hard that as an actor you you're holding so many different thoughts in your head I think it's almost I think when you're performing well I mean you know you there's only a few things that that don't have layers in them people you could argue that that Shakespeare doesn't have a subtext but as a as a sort of modern performer you look for deeper meanings and things to play against and all the rest of it. And and also just to avoid cliche mm. and generalising about, you know, people don't, you know, I remember years ago reading um, Harley, Granville's Bar- Harley Granville Barker's prefaces to Shakespeare. And, he, you know, when we did Lear, we talk about people are very quick to say, you know, Goneril and Regan are bad and Cordelia is good. And, he you know, ultimately they all come from the same loins. You know, yeah. the thing is with layers of any kind is you can't play them specifically. You just know which scene you're in at any one time and what intention you have in that scene and what your role is in that scene. Yeah. And that a lot of these conclusions one draws retrospectively, they, you know, that as an audience you are observing layers but you can't play layers yes, you just okay. have to do what the play requires and also when you've rehearsed it for you know weeks and you know you're in it you're you're, you're just you're saturated in it you haven't been home <laughs> you know so your home is that theater yeah. when you're opening a, a show so you can't you, you it's very dangerous to have too much of an outside eye on something yeah 
Yeah. And I and 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 that's what I felt watching them is that they were just saturated in it. Yeah. And and as a result, it was just joyous. Amazing to see. Yeah. It. And because you develop the muscles for things, I yeah. think recently, you know, the, when you start a process, you think, I don't know how this is going to yeah. work. How is one going to move from one reality to another? And be funny, and be slick, and yeah. be truthful, and be rigorously, uh, you know, um, responsible for the for for the comparisons with a you know an alternative political state and all that. You can't you can't think too deeply about them. You just do what's required. I yeah, think. and it is wonderfully done, and it is all those things. I mean, I thought it was one the as I say one of the most interesting things I've seen of ages. I. And what was interesting was that um, my boss that was on stage said this morning, he said, did you like it? And I said, I loved it. And I didn't. Right. <laughs> and he sent this kind of great list of emojis, which we then, I had to work out how to put that <laughs> list of emojis <laughs> into a sort of fully argued piece. Yeah. But I thought it was fascinating because it's so rich and it's about so many things. Yes. And it it is challenging but it's also because it's about all those things there's a kind of irritating quality about it right as well that that well for me that that you know aspects of it felt a bit um obvious but then I realized that they're meant to be obvious and it you know and Jeremy is such a good director yeah that I am absolutely convinced that it's sort of slight um, roughness and slightly uncomfortableness is deliberate. I yeah. mean, I, I, I know it's all meant. And so it, it triggers in you a really interesting reaction because it just makes you question everything all the time. It just doesn't let you sit down yeah. um, to what you're watching, doesn't let you settle down to it. Yeah. Because um, one of the big things it asks is, you know, is there any point in theatre at all? Yeah. And that's so unsettling of just yeah. coming under it. Uh, yeah, massive existential question about is is art truth, and or is it a dramatization of one person's reality? You know, and it, is it? It's all impressionism of so, and it's not a transcript of anything. Yeah. And. And so it asks loads and loads of questions, which, like Next Normal that we discussed in the last episode, it doesn't answer, you yeah. know, which I think is brave and interesting and honest and brilliant. And I think, you know, like you, one of the best things about Jeremy is he doesn't feel the need to answer every question that something poses and that he's very, very true to the writer's intention and if there was anything that he felt wasn't working, he would make it work as opposed to say, well, let's take that out and create a much more polished thing. He said, no, well, that you wanted that in. Let's find a way to make it fit. Yeah. And I think that's what's so brilliant about him. And you see, compare it to Best of Enemies, which was tackling similarly tricky issues on some levels, but was a much more in-your-face, perfectly produced piece. Yeah. And, and in a way did attempt to answer questions by making comparisons with Trump and various other things and saying, look, we've come full circle and here it is for you laid out. Yeah. You know, but this didn't. And, and Yeah, it's so true because he, he actually, that is one of the qualities that makes him um, different as a director because a lot of directors do have a style. Yeah. And, um, 
And you you would recognise that style, you know, like you would say, you know, Rupert Gold, flamboyant, in Rickson, serious, textual, um, Katie Mitchell, rigorous. You know, you would see those different <laughs> things. And and yet with Jeremy, his style is to serve the piece. Yes, So absolutely. you're absolutely right that Best of Enemies, which is what we talked to him about on the podcast before, and this, yeah. are all completely different in yeah. how they're presented yeah. and how they are meant to react on you. And yeah. yet they're both his work. Yeah. Um, and I thought, the other thing I thought that was interesting from a writing point of view on this, given that we, we, we were meant to sort of look both sides of the curtain, is that one of the things I often feel when I read reviews is I wasn't in the same production as the person who is writing. Right. So I, I sometimes read their description and I absolutely don't recognise what I've seen. And I feel that we've drawn completely different conclusions right. and had come an entirely separate um, sensation from being in the theatre on the same night. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, and I often feel that when I read. I mean, not with everybody, but with some people. What was so interesting with this one is that all my reviewing colleagues have reviewed the same show, i.e. I recognise the description. And actually, everybody, I read the reviews after I'd written mine, everybody has sort of similar sensations of um, ad- admiration and irritation at the same time, which I think is what I thought and yet the star ratings go from two to four there may even be a five but the ones I saw were two and four and it's quite clear that everybody's doing you know everybody's watched the same thing and it's just your reaction to it your judgment of it yeah is so different and I, I thought that was interesting. And of course, it obviously does completely show the limitation of stars because yeah. the star bit of it yes. is so much down to to which way you jump. Having had the same experience, it's just which way you jump. Yeah. And that if you yet if you read the reviews, you actually do gather quite a rich impression of the play because the actual descriptions are very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, the the it's a much bigger conversation, but I think... The problem with this generation of paping, paper, papers, you know, and mostly people reading um, journalism online, they don't necessarily sit with a paper anymore or, or a much yeah. smaller percentage of our society do. And, you know, and you can tell from the way that people react to political sort of ups and downs is it's a very much as a headline obsessed generation yeah and ultimately stars are the headline they are yeah unfortunately yeah. and i think it is unfortunate because sometimes you get more from the title to, of the review than you will from the stars yeah. and i and it's really difficult to, for me to be neutral about it because as a performer those stars determine the future of a show yeah and the minutiae of that reviewer's, critic's, writer's taste is very much in the words. And and stars are very black and white. Yeah, I think I think so. And I think I, I I've never liked stars and we've talked about it before. I don't yeah. I don't like it, but they are sort of um a, you know, a fact of the modern world. Um and they are problematic because 
they don't you know the the writing underneath them is so kind of rich and yeah. the stars are always a snapshot yeah. they're never more and also they become in a sense less and less subtle because um you know people want two or four or three which i've always thought was good is you know, regarded as kind of not good anymore. I mean, there's really a, there's a, kind, I mean, this is there's the a kind of star inflation that's happening. Yes. So that if you give a show three stars and you say, I think this is great. Yeah. Um, then, in fact, you people say to you, but you didn't like it. And I go, no, I did like it. Just, you know, was missing certain things or it was okay and I felt it could have done things differently. And you find that you end up giving five to things because you just want to say I really 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 love this yes, yes. even if it's kind of imperfect yeah, you know yeah. and I I think there's such a blunt instrument um, and it is problematic I have started I think given this what you're saying when, when, I, when I first started reading reviews I was reading reviews that ran to 1,000 sometimes with barely reviews 2,000 words yeah and you can get such a lot of light and shade into yeah. that. Now, a long review is 800 words. Wow. I do wonder whether there's an argument for, one, putting the stars at the bottom of a review, yeah. not at the top. Because if it says two or three stars, some people won't read the review. Yeah. If it's four or five, they go, oh, interesting, what's this? Yeah. And as a performer, and I know it's harsh, and it's harsh on what you do, I don't regard three as good. Yeah. I think, oh, it's muted. Oh, that's yes. a muted response. Oh, yeah. did we not really, we didn't tick enough boxes or or it feels like good effort must try harder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which it sort of is. And you sort of... Well, it sort of is, but it doesn't mean you haven't had a nice time in the theatre. Yeah, that's I know, the but that's what's it, so it? hard yeah, because yeah. I think, you know, we are perhaps needy as a species but then we're needy as a company because we want the audience to come yeah so that's a double whammy of neediness going oh they don't love me yeah. you know whereas four, star, four stars they love me they love me yeah. and, you, and it's uh, um and i think so yeah i think there's an argument for for repositioning the stars yes which forces the eye through all those amazingly hand-picked words and and thoughts and ideas and responses which are you know, personal to the taste and experience of the critic, um, personal to the editor of the paper and what that paper stands yes. for and the experience of, you know, the, the entire night, which was entirely personal. And, and I, all of those things that we know to be true, but in that moment, it makes a decision yeah. for a potential audience member whether or not they want to spend the money or not. Yeah. Which, as you said, is a lot. It is a lot. And and it is. And I have. So what I've started to do um, is I think I'm trying to change the way that I write the introduction. Okay. So when I when I started writing, I think you always wanted a really sort of clever joke or, you know, kind of, I think the idea was that I think I, when I sort of talk to people about how to review, I always say, you know, do something really eye-catching first, do something that will draw the reader in yeah. and then do a bit of description and then do your judgment third paragraph. Yeah. And um, this I, just recently I've started to think, right, I'm just going to say what I think first paragraph. Right. Because if I've only got that moment... Before the eye before moves. Before the eye moves. Yeah. So maybe the first two paragraphs, I really want people to know why I've given... The rating I've right. given. 
And um, I found that actually has helped me a bit because I was, um, if anybody could hear any noises in the background, sorry, it's um, a dog chasing a fly and it's a five star performance. (laughs) (laughs) Very naturalistic. Very naturalistic, but she's not catching the fly. Um, Yeah. So I, I, it started to help me because I think at least then, and then you, you've got the, and then you hope that actually the catch for the reader will be the interest of knowing why you've made that judgment. So that will pull them in backwards. Yes. I mean, you think of other star ratings are things like tourism, use yes. star ratings and TripAdvisor and all this stuff. Fridge freezers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, energy ratings of things. and you know, But they have shifted. Yeah. We, we've had the star system for quite a while now. And I, and I, I think I've said before, it's interesting. I wonder if there's an argument, one, okay, for repositioning it on the page, but also to add to it in some way so you you can change the color of your stars <laughs> yes. or add emojis or have half a star yeah you half know, but, a star everybody wants half a star except the newspaper typographers oh okay but yeah no but it's a good point also the observer which i write about dance for they do uh, which i think is quite a sophisticated compromise they don't put the star ratings in the paper right so they treat the reviews that they print in the paper like the sports reports, you know, as something that you will want to read even if you know the result. Yeah. Because that's the thing about reviews. You you quite often won't be going. You might just want to read them because you want to know what that thing was. So that and then the stars go online. Right. So if you really want to know, uh, you could do it. And I think that's quite elegant, though obviously more people see the online than see the yeah. in paper. I mean, you want the simplicity of communication, I think, for posters and stuff like yeah. that. And I get the fact that it is a very, very direct hit of information. People know exactly if a poster has like 10 lots of four stars and two five stars at the bottom, it's a palpable hit. Yeah. You know, you're there and yeah. you go, oh, I know what this is. I feel confident spending 70 quid a pop you know, and a babysitter and a meal hour, and there we are because I'm going to have a great night. Yeah, yeah. And so in terms of ensuring clarity, it works very, very well. But the subtlety of experience is is flushed down the toilet, you know, in terms of stars. Yeah. yeah. It no, isn't, it is. I don't mean at all no. in the writing of the review because in, because it's... The, yeah, a lot all, of people write really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, but in terms of the efficiency of a system, I wonder if it's time that it got challenged yeah. or whether it's... Well, well, we'll just have to keep banging on about it because I think I certainly seeing this play, I mean, I thought it was such a subtle, um, interesting, challenging yeah. thing to sit through. And I, it would be awfully people were put off by a star system by thinking, you know... Um, because as I say, even the people who put two stars on it have said it's interesting and challenging. And yeah. they just felt it didn't quite work. Whereas I thought it was interesting and challenging and yeah. thought it did on balance. But, but all these was, things are sort of I do, I mean, on balance. But it, but also it was performed with such expertise oh. and rigorous commitment and comedy timing and subtle secret talents that, that I didn't know any of the, you know, the... Jeffrey Stretfield, I didn't know he played the guitar I mean, <laughs> and, and, and sung beautifully. And, and you know, there were, you know, when performers who you've watched endlessly and have enjoyed endlessly continue to surprise you and play with words, you know, in the most extraordinary way, you sort of 
realize that you're experiencing that play on so many different levels and again that that's why the star system is 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 restrictive yeah because you sort of think it almost needs to be like the sort of airbnb reviews where you have a different section yes. of cleanliness and sort of efficiency <laughs> of communication and all that sort of stuff you need to have like a five five sections and then maybe stars would work but it but for me watching it i thought it is it is again raw in in the way it's been presented and but also performed in a way that I just lost and 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 was full of full of magic and expertise yeah. you know but not in your face expertise that sort of you know, like it's so deep in their muscles that it isn't being yeah, performed. It's got there was a kind nothing of performative about it. Yeah. Even though it was quite theatrical. It's, it's quite theatrical and, and incredibly precise. Yeah, perfection in those performances. Yeah. And also just, you know, to draw the thoughts to a close, that um, to have a youngish playwright um, with a cast that is drawn from sort of experienced and really young actors. Yeah. What richness and what range... Yeah, there is still coming through British theatre. I mean, we've had a few kind of episodes where we've been slightly gloomy about how hard it is for everybody. Yeah, and I think that is undoubtedly true. But when you see someone like Tanya Reynolds, yeah. who essentially came to prominence through TV, yeah. as as indeed did 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 Michael, yeah, that you you, and then you see them on a stage, and they're 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 timing and their understanding and their reality is so amazing you yeah know? it's yeah. just lovely and you kind of feel that thrill of an I mean I really did feel, feel that thrill of another generation coming through yes and just thinking these are people I'm going to watch for ages now and but also that space the way that it had been designed was so interactive and 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 that again is a very powerful mechanism that that doesn't and hasn't really got been used massively since covid you know immersive theater in that way but it does it that i even as even as an actor i find it quite challenging you know because two of the actors came up at various points where we were sat waiting because they were sort of um you know, interacting with the audience. Yeah. And I feel immensely shy in those <laughs> moments, which is ludicrous. But, you know, um, it, is an in, it is brilliant in that way. And it, it, it's like those sort of dreaded things when you watch a pantomime as a kid and you think, Christ, they're coming towards me, I'm going to get pulled exactly. out of the audience. And, and, and it is ridiculous that as a performer that I, I would find the idea of that absolutely excruciating. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you do because I always do. I always, I always dread that. I'm always we we were slightly on the front row, and I thought, oh my god, I know, I, I know. And we knew that we were in a wedding, and I thought, gosh, I don't have. Hope I don't have to stand up and make a witness statement. Yeah, I know. And I do get profoundly embarrassed. But it was it was a really um, engrossing evening, and actually does continue the what the Almeida is doing at the moment, which. I'm always interested in how different theatres choose things. And yes. the Almeida at the moment is just trying... It, it It's very bold in its choices yes. on new plays and it's doing really well. It's and, really exciting. And and also, you know, like we said said before, that, that, that Jeremy hadn't sort of... It felt like... I mean, I, I don't know what went on in the rehearsal room, but it felt like he had presented something that was written that he took on and and... and and served, yeah, you know, and that, that all the actors absolutely committed to it, 
um, and were able to take from it, you know, extraordinarily funny, you know, well-timed comedic moments whilst carrying the weight of its political resonance. And, and, and that felt like it was um, a testament to, to Jeremy's direction as well as that whatever company spirit that he'd uh, allowed to grow. Yeah, you did feel that, actually. You did feel strong spirit. And I think, yeah, it's a really good start to an autumn theatre season, which we yeah. will be covering here on As the Actress Said to the Critic. Yes. If you like us, do subscribe to us, so then you will hear more about it. And there's loads of exciting stuff coming up. Uncle Vanya played entirely by Andrew Scott, every part. Can't wait for that. Yes. So we'll be here. We'll be talking about it. Yeah. But for now, it's... It's goodbye from me, Nancy Carroll, the actress. And goodbye from me, Sarah Crompton, the critic.